This is Frankalicious, and you're listening to KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Analytics Association on KCOU 88.1 FM. Jack McGrath sitting across from Adam Rosen, six feet apart in the studio. And we have a great show for you today, talking about a ton that's happened this week in the world of sports. Adam, how are we doing today? I'd be better if I weren't holding this thing in my hand right now. And Adam, what is that that you are holding in your hand? It's a balloon. It's a balloon filled with what? Air. Air. It's helium. It's not just air. It's not any air. It is helium air. And let's explain why Adam is holding this balloon in his hand. So I wasn't here last week, so Adam did the show solo. But the week before that, Adam and I made a bet on air. And the bet was as follows. If the Boston Celtics won against the Toronto Raptors. I believe the series was tied at that point that we made this bet, right? It was 1-0 uh, Celtics. It was 1-0 Celtics. It was really early in the series. I said if the Celtics won, then, Adam, you had to inhale helium when we went on air next. And Adam said if the Raptors win, you have to inhale helium when when we go on air next. And I thought, okay, that's a decent bet. We were looking for a better bet, but that's what we came up with. So that's what we're going to do. So, Adam, I'll give you a countdown. You've got your deep voice right now. Let's see if the, this balloon's deflated a little bit since we cut it open oh, to little, start. A little bit. It looks like Tom Brady <laughs> had, a, had something to do with it. it, it it's, it's a small, yeah, it's deflated just like, just like those footballs. All right, Adam, I'll give you a countdown. We'll let you inhale that balloon, and we're going to see just how high your voice can get talking sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM. All right, three, two, one, and away he goes. Adam Rosen is currently inhaling the helium from the balloon. He's struggling right now. The mask is getting in the way, and he's going. He's going. Hello? Nope. It didn't work. change anything. All right. I've never seen this happen before, somebody inhale a balloon, so I'm not sure if this is actually going to work very well. Uh, Adam, I think you said you've done it before. Adam's laughing. He can't even keep the helium in right now. All right, Adam. That balloon is looking awfully deflated. Where are we at? <laughs> I don't think it's made a difference. It's a little bit higher. It really hasn't I, I, I made don't a think difference. We we'll have to try again. That was, Yeah, we have another balloon here. Maybe we'll try again later. I, I think we lost all of it there. <laughs> <laughs> Adam started laughing while he was inhaling the helium, and it just went all it, over the place. I pinched the, the pinch is hard. I mean, I tried to keep the air, and I don't think it worked. Oh. Well, well that, a, that was a disappointing a and very now. anticlimactic to well, what well, our bet was, especially compared to that Celtics Raptor series and just how how much of a huge ending it was, how, how insane th- th- that series was nope. in, in general. So talking basketball, let's keep talking about the Celtics. And they're playing the Miami Heat this week, and they just won their last game to bring the series back to 2-1. to one. Jimmy Butler sat out at the end of that game. The Heat were down by 18 at one point with under five minutes left, and they cut the lead to seven within a minute, and they lost the game still. The Heat have played behind, from behind, in every single game so far in that series. So the Celtics have been playing pretty well. They just haven't been able to close out the games, and they were able to close out the game in game three. So 
Let, let's bring it back to the series before that, though. Heat versus Bucks. Adam, I, I know you have some thoughts on this. You're saying the Bucks should have been swept in that series with how poorly they played. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, if Giannis doesn't get hurt, they do get swept. And that sounds weird, but, like, the Heat had a game plan for Giannis. They didn't have a game plan for no Giannis. And, obviously, the Bucks had, I guess, a backup plan. But... Or it just felt it was like Chris Middleton. They, Chris Middleton they, was the backup plan, and they, he stepped up. He's an all-star. He, he wasn't used f- in their offense, and then suddenly he was, and the Bucks played a lot better. They didn't have to focus on one specific guy. Yeah. So they, I feel like that helped. And then when he was out the next game, the Heat had a game plan, and then they swept him. Well, they 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 had what I call a gentleman's sweep. It's one. Yeah, you, you get one yep. win. Yeah. The the kind of mercy. I got. I, the Heat at that point in that series, I mean, they, you know, you kind of knew they had that series won. The Bucks coming back, especially with you Giannis injured. You called it nine months ago. No, not even no, seven no. months ago or whatever. Yeah, in February, I think, is when we were talking about it on our show, and I said, the Heat have a chance. They're, they're looking good. They're complete. The team that they're competing against and they match up well with is the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, bringing it back to the Celtics series, do they match up as well with the Celtics team? And so far, they seem to have done a pretty good job of matching up and playing against obviously, that Boston yeah, Celtics Obviously, team. one loss, fine. You can lose a game in a series. It's not the end of the world. But, I mean, it's fine. They're going to be fine. I mean, it's one loss. I'm confused why Jimmy Butler wasn't in the game at the end. I I was working, so I wasn't able to see that part. But I, I, I looked back, and I'm like, it's kind of confusing. Yeah, so Eric Spolster talked about that at the, ga- at the end of the game. And so Jimmy, that was the story coming out of the game. Jimmy Butler was not in for the last minute of that game. And he's the superstar on that team. If that team has a superstar, he's actually been asked that before they said, Jimmy, who's the superstar on this team? He said, uh, they asked him if he was the only superstar on the team. He said, I think you're talking about Bam, but referring to Bam Adebayo, the other great player on that team. Now with Jimmy Butler, he's still the best player on that team. And he was not in for the last minute of that game. When the Heat brought it within seven points against the Boston Celtics, Spolstra chalked that up to wanting more speed in the game because they needed to come back quickly and needed more shooting and speed, and Jimmy Butler is not that kind of guy. Will he make that decision again? I doubt it. That's your best player. That's a playmaker. That's the guy you need in at the end of the game to close things out, and he just wasn't there at the end of the game to do that. Now, I don't think the Heat come back either way, whether Jimmy Butler's in that game or not, because the Celtics, they, they were laid back a little bit more once they went up by an absolute ton, and then the Heat jumped on that. And then once the Heat came back, they started playing actual Celtics basketball again. So because of that, I I don't think it really changed the difference of that game, but I'd expect Jimmy Butler to play at the end of every single game from here on out. Yeah, I mean, the weird thing is they have several days off. I mean, they don't play until game. They don't play again until Wednesday. That's a long break for for that series. Yeah, who knows why. I don't know why, but... Who knows? It's interesting, but quickly about that series. Game one, or I forget, was it game one? I what believe it was game one, yep. We, right, you're talking about the Bam Adebayo block, aren't you? Let's, let's talk about that. That's a fantastic block. It's one of the best blocks I've ever seen, but if you, I'm sorry, stop acting like it's bad. I've seen a lot of it saying it's better than LeBron in game seven. Stop. Stop it. This is from Sports Center, yes, Sports Science at ESPN from a few years ago. Let's just talk about it. One, we don't even need to mention that it's Game 7 of the NBA Finals and probably the biggest series of LeBron James' career. And, like, coming back from that against that team, let's talk about that there. One, from again, from sports science here, 
He was 88 of way, feet away from the opposing hoop when the play really started. This is talking about LeBron's block yes. now in the finals. He yep. covered the first 60 feet in like 2.67 seconds, and they were talking about this. That is fast at the time. So Jamal Charles in the NFL was ridiculously one of the best players in the league in terms of speed, and he was running faster than Jamal Charles does at 50 pounds light heavier. That's insane. That, that just then, is a testament to LeBron's athleticism then, at the time. And Iggy got the pass. He was seven feet closer to the basket than LeBron, 14 to 21 there. And he had about two, point, two tenths of a second to block it without being called for goaltending. And he got it. Bam saved the game there. LeBron saved the series and almost honestly his legacy there. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I don't think People, Yeah, I don't think the LeBron block isn't as good as the Bam at a Bible. I think the LeBron block might be one of the best blocks of all time, it's if not best. the best it's block the best of all time, all right? Time, honestly. And, and Bam's isn't that, but you got to give credit where credit's due. No. Bam at a Bio's oh, block I'm, was insane, oh, where he went up away. against an all-star in Jason Tatum and just absolutely stuffed him at the rim. And I know you're not taking away from that block, but that that was an insane block, and it that is kind of a breakout play for Bam Adebayo. His wrist, the way it bent, was kind of gross. And, I mean, my I have friends who don't watch basketball, and I showed them that, and they were like, oh, okay. I mean, that's insane. I mean, it's an incredible play. And, in both, again, I guess let's we, people need to stop comparing them. Let's enjoy this greatness and enjoy what LeBron's block was and enjoy what Bam's block was. And both of them were incredible plays. And talking about the Bam block, do we almost think that that block is kind of – his entrance into superstardom in the league for Bam Adebayo because he's an overlooked player for sure in the league, I think at least up until this point in the regular season because he's on the Miami Heat. He's the second guy there, and the Miami Heat have gotten their credit over the season, but for the most part haven't been looked at as top-tier well, contenders. he's an all-star. Yeah. He was an all-star. He should have been MIP. I stand by that. Sorry, Verandon Ingram fans, but he should have been the most improved player. And... He got def- I'm pretty sure he's all defensive team on second team. Bam's a stud, and he's going to be amazing for the next several years and years. And I think Bam had about this is probably that what you're referring to. Yeah, kind of the the entrance into now he's a solidified All Star. Maybe not for his career, but for a good long while now. He, he's he's a guy in the league that needs to be reckoned with. Let's bring it back to the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's bring it to the West now. So the Nuggets and the Lakers are facing off. Lakers are up 2 to nothing in that series against the Denver Nuggets. And the Denver Nuggets shocked the NBA world when they knocked off the Los Angeles Clippers, a Clippers team that everybody thought was for sure going to the Western Conference Finals to play against the Los Angeles Lakers, their other California counterpart. In that Western Conference Finals series, that's a matchup that everybody had pegged from the beginning as the matchup to watch of the year, and it just isn't going to happen now because the Denver Nuggets knocked off the Los Angeles Clippers. That was an inexcusable series. Inexcusable? You've got strong words here, Adam. I'm sorry. It's a joke of a performance, and honestly, I'm going to say I'm shocked that Doc Rivers' job survived. It's still there. Wow. Let's Doc be, Rivers? Let's be, real here. let's be real here. This is not the first time he's blown a through on lead. He's done it like... Several, I believe he's done it three times. Yeah, he's one of the only he's coaches to have lost a three one lead like multiple eight times. Game sevens. Wow. And he did it. Did it in 2015, blew through and lead. And now he did it with the favorite, the everyone's preseason, like the preseason champion, 
the offseason uh, NBA Finals champ, sorry, that's inexcusable. It's a joke. It's inexcusable. There's no excuse to be losing 3-1, blowing 3-1 leads like this. And I'm seriously going to say it's worse than the Warriors won. Why? Because the Warriors, okay, not to take any credit away from the Nuggets, but, like, the Warriors are facing LeBron. They're facing the Nuggets. And, again, Nuggets are a great team. They deserve all this credit. But you should have been able to close out. It's the And the way they did it. It's not like the Warriors blew, like, 10, 15-point leads in every game, 5, 6, and 7. They were missing their best defender in a game, one of the games, because Draymond had got a technical, a controversial technical that suspended him in the, that series. And you were a super team, basically a super team. You have all these great bench players. You have two six-man-of-the-year guy, guys who are six-man-of-the-year candidates, and one, both of them have won it, and Montrezl won it. And... I'm sorry. This is a fully healthy team. You have this guy who went on a ridiculous run in the playoffs last year with the Raptors, who failed me this year. Um, Kawhi, yeah, yeah. And then way off, I'm 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 mimicking someone's nickname. Way off P, because holy, that last shot was a. According to Damian Lillard, yeah, it's a pretty good shot. <laughs> yeah. If you're hitting the side of the backboard and you're getting pay and you're getting. And you're supposed to be this superstar playoff player, and you're, and then you guys are talking trash to a guy who sent, who doesn't walk away like that. Come on, go back, go, go, enjoy your time in Cancun with Damian Lillard, uh, Be- Beverly. Yeah. So, so, well, I think what Adam you're referring to here. So, playoff P is Paul George's nickname in the playoffs. Didn't way show up this Pete. year, so way off Pete. And Damian Lillard sent a tweet out after Paul George in Game 7 hit a shot shot that hit the side of the backboard. It was insanely off, not even close. And he completely missed it. And and Damian Lillard said it it, it wasn't, it it was a good shot. And that's in reference to Paul George after Damian Lillard hit a game winner over him in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Last year. Last year. And a shot that made it. And he went went in in. and... Paul George said eh, it was a bad shot. Nothing I could do. And Damian Lillard didn't like how he said that because no shot's a bad shot for Damian Unless Lillard. Unless it went in. And it went in. So the Los Angeles Clippers lost that 3-1 lead. And I agree with you on the point that that's worse than the Warriors because looking at the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets do not have the talent on that roster to be at the point that they are at right now if you look at the rest of the talent in the Western Conference. I mean, look at those teams. The Rockets have James Harden and Russell Westbrook. They couldn't get there. The Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and that bench you're talking about, Nuggets beat them. That, that, that's crazy. There's so much talent in that Western Conference, and the Nuggets are the team that's going to come out to play the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, oh, I think the Lakers oh. probably take that series, but the Nuggets got there, and that's congratulations to them. But if you look at it talent-wise, I, I agree with you. That's why the Warriors is a little more excusable than the Clippers because they played a LeBron James team, but the Clippers played the Denver Nuggets who were led by Jamal Murray, yeah. who isn't I, a stud stud. He's a good player, but play. he's playing playing well. Yeah. Very well. Exactly. I mean, here we go. I will take I'd take the Clippers bench. I would take a starting five made out of the just the Clippers bench players over like a starting line. I would take them over the Knicks starting rotation. I'd take them over probably I, I hate to do this to my Bulls, but I might take them over a Bulls starting yeah, rotation. I would agree with you. I would take them over a lot of teams. That, I would take that bench over a lot of starting te- a lot of teams rota- starting rotations. That's an inexcusable one, and it's 
They deserve every bit of harsh the harsh criticism they receive from the media. Every bit of it. They have been is deserved. A rough series for the Clippers. Horrible. But, but the Clippers lost. They're over. Their playoff stretch is over. In a second, we're going to talk some baseball, talk about teams that could still get into the playoffs with that expanded format. Our thoughts on the expanded format, having eight teams. Adam might try that balloon again. We're, we're just going to see how it works out if we don't accidentally pop it in here. We're going to do all that after the break, but we're going to send it to break right now. I'm Jack McGrath alongside Adam Rosen. This is the Analytics Association on KCOU 88.1 FM. Okay, company picnics Tuesday. Lou, you order those shirts? Nah, I'm just gonna have my wife make some. Sit down, shut your mouth. Y'all gonna look like a bunch of suckers. Hey, who's this guy? They call me T Shirt. Shirt. Unless you get your threads from Digit Graphics. Whether it's for your work, your team, or your charity, Digit Graphics will have you looking good. Would we look as cool as you? Not a chance in hell. But you will dig it. Check out DigitGraphics.com. Don't just wear it, dig it. Tune in to High and Tight with me and my co-host, Logan Perone, as we catch you up on the latest signings, trades, news, scores, and highlights from around America's pastime. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. on the 88.1 FM stream and on our website, KCU.FM on the Blue Box. You love them enough to do anything for them. Mom, I need to be wiped. Coming. Including checking NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. I think Kid A is probably their best single album. Uh, my favorite individual song is Life in a Glass House, the perfect uh, mixture of harmony and chaos. Ken Bone. Radiohead. KCOU. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. A delicious power breakfast. Great way to start the day. I'm Brandon Anthony. And I'm Keegan Harbin. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. to listen to me. And me. On our new show, Breakfast of Champions. Here on KCOU Sports, KCOU 88.1 FM. KCOU, we're just normal enough to appreciate Drake's cultural relevance, but just weird enough to make a sweeper like this. KCOU. KCOU. KCOU shirts are now on sale at Mod Vintage in downtown Columbia. I'll say it again in case you missed it. KCOU t-shirts are now on sale at Mod Vintage in downtown Columbia. All right, one more time. Just wanted to make sure you heard. Turn up Look the volume at on me, your Busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh man. Mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh man. Get these hairs all out of my face Get these bugs all out of my place One more hit No time to waste Oh, meth Ooh, meth Make sure to start your week off right by listening to General Emission on KCOU 88.1 FM from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. every Monday morning. 
I think he's wrong, though. You're, it's a you're heartless agreeing move. and disagreeing There's, on the same topic. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing that it wasn't a smart move. I'm just not disagreeing with Anthony Davis's dad either. Once again, that's general admission from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCLU 88.1 FM for the latest updates from the MLB, NFL, NBA, and the NCAA. Welcome back to the Analytics Association here on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Adam Rosen, six feet across from Jack McGrath. And before we continue, everybody, you better listen to September by Earth, Wind, and Fire tonight. Otherwise, you have failed me greatly and you made me very sad. Me and, my, me and my roommates were playing that song this morning, September 21st. So it's the 21st night of September is... is how the song goes. Me and my roommates were, were playing that this morning, Bye. rocking out to it. First thing I heard when I woke up, my roommate's like, listen to this. It's September 21st. We've got to. I said, all right, we'll, we'll listen to that right now. Right. So, Bye-bye. wow, Adam, every single time you try to sing on the radio. It's, okay. It's pretty bad. It's okay. You're better, good, you've I'm got be- a good voice, Adam. I'm better when I'm not singing in front of people. Okay. Low key, high key, whatever you want. <laughs> woo woo, big trust. Well, it's obviously uh-huh. not high key. If it was high key, it would mean that it's very be, obvious. And since key, it's, it's hidden, it's low key. You see what I'm saying? All right. Except high key, I think you sounded pretty good. So a high oh. key, you're a good singer, Adam. There we go. Nobody likes a suck up. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. We were talking about the NBA a little bit earlier, and they have eight playoff teams. Let's talk about another league that has eight playoff teams this year. And the year. Ma- <laughs> Major League Baseball has eight playoff teams this year. And it's completely changed the complexion of the playoff races for the sport. So let's talk about the teams at the top first, right? So so how does this eight-team playoff change how it looks for the teams at the top? Well, it gives them a lot to fear because now they're yeah. just ran. You can get on a hot streak at any time or you can get on a cold streak at any time. And like the Dodgers last year, we know what happened. Yeah, I mean, if if a team gets hot at the end, it's, it's always been the same. It's not about who you play, but it's about when you play them. And that's even more true this year with a shortened sample size of a season because usually the 162-game season will spread it out. You'll definitely get the best teams in the playoffs. With an eight-team playoff, that's half the league that's in the playoffs. Half, over half the barely, league. Barely, obviously. Over half the league in the playoffs. And in, in those playoffs, you're going to get teams who – probably wouldn't be there in a 162-game season, even if it was eight teams, just because it's so condensed, the season is, and so the, the representation of their records is not true to their talent level as much as it would be during a 162-game season. So let's talk about how this affects teams at the top. For me, the playoff races for the teams at the top, like, well, let's look at the Cubs, the Dodgers, any team that that's really up there right now, and the White Sox, that, the, White Sox the Padres, the Padres maybe uh, they're still borderline, but they're no, still they right there. They're right. They're did there. they clinch? Okay, they did clinch last night. So usually this would be the point in the season when you're hating on every pitch when you're watching these teams, right? Because it's so important for them as they go into the playoffs because they still have to make the playoffs and clinch their divisions. With eight teams in the playoffs, I'm at the point where. Yeah, I'll watch a game for the Dodgers or the Cubs or any of those top-tier teams, and I'll enjoy the game, but I'm not hanging on every pitch for the top teams like I would be 
if this was the end of 162 regular season where only five teams from each division made the playoffs. Uh, that's changed a little bit for me. Yeah. I, but, yeah, go ahead, Adam. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't like it. And I know they're trying to keep it for next year, and I, I get, it's all about the money. We all know that it's always about the money for the owner, these owners in the in Major League Baseball. But there, what's the point of an 162-game season if you're just going to have half the league make it? 82 is a lot. 82, everyone's like, what's the point of 82-game season, the NBA, and la, la, la. Well, what we just saw with the Nuggets. Obviously, it didn't full season because of COVID, but... 162 game season should not have a, you should not have half the league because then you're just going to get anomalies like teams that really shouldn't make it. Exactly. You might have a team under 500 make it in case the league trash. Well, I mean, let's look at the playoffs right now. Let's look at the National League because that's a little more of condensed in the middle of the standings looking at those 7 and 8 seed spots that'll make the playoffs this year that wouldn't in other years. The wild card is completely up for the grabs in the National League still, and this is going to be something to watch because with postponements and things like this, there's seven days left in the regular season. We've got today, and the season goes until Sunday. So we still have a slate of games to be played today, and then we have a bunch of games to be played all this week until Sunday. You look at some of those teams, and some of them have eight games to play, nine games to play. The Cardinals have ten games to play before this Sunday because they had to postpone so many games earlier in the season. Currently looking at how it stands for those seven and eight seeds for those last two wild card spots. Currently, the Reds are 500 at 27 and 27. This is for the seven and eight seed. The Brewers and Giants are both 26 and 26. The Phillies are 27 and 26. And the Cardinals are 26 and 24. There are three spots for those five teams right there. Because I threw in the Cardinals as well, but right now they're a little bit higher than those teams. There are three spots for those five teams right there, and they are all right there record-wise, right next to each other, which is going to make for a crazy end of the season. The series to watch out for, I think, going into this week, is a five-game series between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers that finishes on Sunday, which is basically going to decide the season for the Milwaukee Brewers and could also decide the season for the St. Louis Cardinals to see if they make the playoffs or if the Cardinals sweep that series and win all five games, they could take the division lead over the Chicago Cubs because they're only a few games down right now because they've played significantly less games, but they're still right there with them. If they sweep that series, suddenly the Cardinals could take the division. The Cardinals could go from having an 18 playoff to going all the way up to basically the three seed or even the two seed to falling out of the playoffs based on that series alone. And I think that just speaks to the craziness that is this MLB season. Yeah, the Cubs are at four games for their their magic numbers, four games for the playoffs. I believe it's six for the division. But, again, I just don't like it. I don't like this 18-16-team playoffs. It doesn't work in a 162-game season. Do I, like... Do you really want to see the Marlins in the playoffs? Kind of. Right. <laughs> At this well, point. I mean, okay, I'm a fan of chaos, but not that chaos. <laughs> yeah. We it, know they're not a great team. They're just having a weird stretch. Mm-hmm. They're not a team going to compete for a title. Yeah. Is Toronto exactly a team competing for a title? No. But they're eighth seed in them. 
I just don't see it. I don't like it. What's weird about this is the Reds had a not great season last year, and everybody expected them to be the up-and-coming team this year. You and did. I did. You I think expected them to be like I, uh, Yeah, I expected them to win 90 games this year. Obviously, they can't win 90 games because it's a 60-game season, but I expected them to be a really good baseball team this year. If you look at all the additions the Reds made, I would say a 500 season might be a disappointment for them in, in a regular season. But now that eight teams make the playoffs, the Reds are 500, they're looking at a playoff spot. Suddenly, this season looks a lot better for them on paper than it would have in a normal season spread out across a full 162 games. So it's interesting to see how these teams kind of have their seasons turned on their head for how they may be viewed because we have an 18 playoff. And I agree with you. I think the 18 playoff is way too much. It doesn't reward the good teams enough. And it rewards the bad teams way too much. Or the mediocre teams. It, it rewards, rewards the mediocre team. Yeah. Yep. And I don't like rewarding mediocrity. In the NBA, it doesn't reward mediocrity. It only rewards mediocrity in the NBA for, like, the last two seeds in the East because the East is terrible compared to, like, the mm-hmm. West. And it doesn't reward – in the NHL, it's almost every – I mean, it only rewards – NHL rewards the top teams. and the NHL, it reward it does not reward the bottom teams because they – unless it's the – 2017 Blackhawks getting swept. Um, I say that in a Blackhawks jersey, so <laughs> you can see I'm sad. Um, uh, I just uh, doesn't reward teams. Gah, now I'm angry. Yeah, you've made me angry, Rob Manfred. I, I thought you were saying I made you angry. I'm like I didn't choose. Rob it. Manfred, Rob Manfred, you made did. me angry. Grr. <laughs> Hopefully, this 18 playoff doesn't stick. Craziness calibrator. Let's talk about it right now. If you haven't listened to our show before. You don't know what the craziness calibrator is. The craziness calibrator is basically how me and Adam rate our crazy takes because, frankly, we have a lot of them. And it's how we rate them on a scale from 1 to 10. 1 being, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to happen. It's not crazy at all. To 10 being, this is a crazy take. You shouldn't be on the radio. It's a terrible take. Get out of the studio. Please duct tape your Stop mouth Stop talking shut. sports. You don't know what you're talking Please about. Duct tape your mouth shut. Yeah, don't exactly. Talk. So the take is, will the 8 team playoff stick around next year and then the secondary take to that is does the 18 playoff stick around for years to come is that a permanent thing i hate to say that it is i would hate to see it happen too i I hate to say but it is going to be you think so because we i mean there's i believe it was washington post uh mlb 18 playoff and they're talking about the money about it yeah the money surrounding having more playoff games. If you look at a regular season Major League Baseball game compared to a playoff baseball game, the splits in revenue are just huge, the amount of viewership and everything that those games get compared to regular season games. So so that's an understandable point, that the money's there for an eight-team playoff, and teams are going to be invested a lot more as they have a chance for the playoffs because nobody wants to watch... Well, the casual fan, I I still like watching it. You still like watching it. But the casual fan isn't going to want to watch a game for a team that's 10 games out of a playoff spot with 11 games to go. That's just not going to happen at the end of a season. It's going to be expand. It's likely to remain beyond 2020, according to Manfred. Wow. So that that could be a change for what we see in Major League Baseball for the future. So Look at this 18 playoff. See the chaos that's going to happen. I'm excited for the chaos that's going to happen this weekend, looking at the National League wildcard spot. Obviously, it looks like for the American League, the standings, I mean, it's they still could be jumbled up, but they look a little bit more set than what the National League is, so that's why I haven't hit on the American League as much. That's why we're sticking to the National League right now, but I'm excited 
to see what's going to happen here, especially in that Brewers-Cardinals series, just seeing if the Cardinals can overcome having to play so many doubleheaders after uh, having their COVID cases earlier in the season. I'm excited to see what's all going to happen and how this is going to turn out for the National League as we head in to the end of this week with seven games left. This is crunch time, Adam. It's crunch baseball time, and it's going to be exciting to see. One. Yeah, it's a little cool, but it's also not cool with the playoff experience. Exactly. You don't like to see it. So let's look at some other teams that are definitely in the playoffs. Now, we hit on them a little bit before, but the Chicago White Sox are back in the postseason for the first time since 2008. Is that correct? It's been a while since the Chicago White Sox have made the playoffs. And now they're back, and they look really, really good. They have the best record in the American League, right? They are a really, really good baseball team this year. And suddenly the Sox, who everybody thought could have a chance to do really well this year, are looking like legitimate contenders in the American League. Adam, what what do you think about the Sox? And and then there's another team in the National League we're going to hit on after this, too, so you can jump right into them as well. What do you think about the White Sox right now, though? They're really good. They're incredible. They're fun to watch. And, again, I'm a Cubs fan, but I said this a while ago. I don't hate the White Sox. I actually like the White Sox. I root for them when they're not playing the Cubs because why? They're from Chicago. They're a Chicago team, and I don't see it as a rivalry. I never have. And I'm going to get some some heat for that, but I – don't care. I can take it. But I really like I, – I think it's fun to root for – I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be fun time. But, okay, back to them. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that team. I mean, you got Luis Roberts who's been struggling now lately, but he'll be fine. Tim Anderson and my – and then you have my MVP selection and Jose Abreu. I've heard Tim Anderson in talks for MVP too now. He's hitting 360 this year. I'm taking a braid just because yep. he's more he hasn't been hurt. Yeah. But and I just think a braid a braid deserves it. Give it to him right now. Just do it right now. Right now. <laughs> Come on. Vote, vote, vote. I th- I think it's still going to be Shane Bieber, the pitcher for the Cleveland Indians at the moment. But yeah, I, it's it, it's a tough competition there Ooh. and, and this, that that just goes to show how deep the Sox are though. They they are a really good team this year. Yeah. But I, I, I think they deserve it. Yeah. And, and looking into the National League as well, Adam, I know this is a team that's one of your favorites, the San Diego Padres, the Grand Slam Diego Padres, after they hit a whole bunch of Grand Slams early in the year. The San Diego Padres have clinched a playoff spot, and they're, they're going to the playoffs. So it's going to be fun to see how they can do that. They're going to be out of the wild card spot because they have the Dodgers in their division, and the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. But the San Diego Padres are looking pretty good this year. Yeah, I. It's interesting. I I think the Padres are going to be a big threat. They've got the Bell. I almost said Bellinger, Clevenger. Um. They've got a lot of talent. They've got Fernando Tatis Jr., who probably still might win MVP. But this is okay. Jack, Jack, don't hurt, don't hate me. Freddie Freeman deserves it. Um. Okay. I could see that. Freddie Freeman, absolutely. Uh, not that Tatis Jr. has been bad, but he's not been near what he—he's not been nearly as good as he had to start the few first few weeks. 
and it's really Freddie Freeman who is taken off. If you look up Freddie Freeman's stats, everything about him is fantastic. It's time that he gets recognition. He's the best first baseman in baseball, and I think he has been for a few several years now. And truly, he deserves a lot of the attention. He, he deserves a lot of attention. And I think he should win MVP. I think Machado even has a chance, but if anyone from the Padres wins it, it would be a Tatis. And... Yeah, I think the Padres are going to be fun. Honestly, that could be a fun World Series that people think about, White Sox-Padres. That could be an interesting one. Two teams that were up and coming, everybody thought had a chance this year, and now they're finally proving themselves really as young teams. Would, I thought it would be another year. For the Sox? I was thinking that, too. Season. Yeah, I, I was thinking that at the start of the season, I thought they'd make the too. playoffs, but I didn't think they'd be this great. And once again, though, it's a shortened season, so maybe spread out over a longer season, they're not as good as they are right now they're just getting hot at the start of the year but so far all our indicators have pointed to the chicago white Sox being a really good baseball team you're talking about freddie freeman though and he is a guy that's been really really good this year he's leading the league in doubles with 20 doubles this year he has 48 rbis his obp is 464 he's hitting 346 with 11 home runs this year in only 53 games because of the shortened season. So, yeah, Freddie Freeman is a guy that needs to be an MVP talks and has had a very nice year this year for the Atlanta Braves. And the Atlanta Braves are another team we need to talk about as a team that has a chance in the postseason as well because they have a bunch of young guys too. That whole National League just feels so stacked right now just because everybody's falling into that 500 range. And... You suddenly think everybody in that National League has a chance. Now, obviously, stacked at the top, you have the Braves, the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Padres, those teams that have already clinched. But there are a lot of really good teams still in that National League. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how deep the NL is. Yeah. And I, the AL's talented, but it's more top-heavy than the NL. The NL's got th- two great teams in the West— a great team in the East, and I think a couple of pretty good, a good, very good, two very good teams in terms of what they've got in talent in the Mets and Phillies, but the Mets are the Mets, and they just don't like to win. <laughs> Sorry, guys. They've missed the playoffs 12 out of the last 14 years unless they have a miracle run this year and end this season. And the NL Central has a lot of talent on paper, but the, even the Brewers, the Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals, and Reds. Sorry, I couldn't forget that. But the Cubs have a lot of talent on paper. Uh, they've just been performing terribly offensively, aside from two players, honestly. But there's just so much more talent in the NL, I think, de- in terms of depth. But I think the NAL has a bigger, has a higher ceiling in terms of its talent. But, you know, you know, there's just a lot of talent. I think it's fun to be able to talk about that. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there. So, we are going to go to break going to break really quick right here on the Analytics Association on KCOU 88.1 FM. When we come back, we're going to switch gears from talking to baseball to talking to football because week 2 of the NFL season just wrapped up. It's actually going to be wrapping up tonight with Monday Night Football. But the Sunday games wrapped up yesterday, so we're going to be talking NFL football once we come back. This is the Analytics Association on KCOU 88.1 FM. Looking for something that smashes sports content and video game content together into one big late-night radio sandwich? Listen to Quarter Circle Backboard, a show in which your boy Chris Mitchell brings you the latest and hottest in sports news that you like and video game news that I like every Friday night at 11 p.m. on KCOU. 
I talk about everything from football to basketball to Street Fighter to Fallout to you name it. Is the worst thing up past your bedtime? Tune in and find out. If you love them enough to sit through their favorite boy band with them, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ag Council. Life can be dramatic, but day-to-day -day relationships aren't always like you see on TV. You can help the young people in your life work through the drama by engaging them in conversations about healthy relationships. Use Connect With Me activity cards to start discussions on this subject and other topics that matter to teens. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Get ready to maximize your health. You are now listening to the Doctor's Lounge with your host, Dr. Casey Williams, board-certified family physician at the University of Missouri. Got questions? Email us at discjockeymd at gmail.com, tweet us at DRS Lounge, or find us on Facebook under the Doctor's Lounge. KCOU would like to shout out East Side Cavern. It's the bar that's bizarre downtown Columbia's best karaoke comedy club. With a huge selection of drinks and activities and themed nights every week, Eastside is a solid place to hang out. from the Sexual Health Advocacy Peer Educator Program, SHAPE, at Mizzou. We are stronger than ever this year. To refresh your memory, we provide a variety of services centered around sexual health education to faculty, students, and staff on Mizzou's campus as well as the Columbia area. We provide free barrier contraception methods across campus in residence halls, the Women's Center, and the Student Health Center. We provide sexual health educational programs to organizations on campus. We put on events throughout the year, such as Spectacular and Get Yourself Tested. The city in chaos. Businesses and organizations continue to plague their people with lame t-shirts. Now here's weather. Hey, newsman. My forecast. Head down to Dig It Graphics. Oh, where's Fred? Names T. Shirts. Shirts. Cool custom shirts. Whether screen printed or embroidery, you'll have a 100% chance of looking good, baby. Can they print something that says, I love mom? Sure can, mama's boy. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Digitgraphics.com. Shirts. Welcome back to the Analytics Association here on KCU 88.1 FM. I'm Adam Rosen, across from Jack McGrath, about six feet, a little over six feet, honestly. So, we talked to MLB, we talked to NBA, let's talk some football. You ready for some football? Let's do it. The NFL is hashtag back. I talked a little bit last week, but, so, we got a couple of undefeated teams. The Bears are 2-0. Uh, despite some lackluster play against some not-so-good teams, the Bears are 2-0, and we'll face the Atlanta I-love-to-blow-big-leads Falcons. Uh, also, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but my fellow Bears fans, we are toxic. We don't deserve Allen Robinson. I think some of them are. There's some people. Why, why are you guys, why are we tweeting at Allen Robinson, calling him out in Trek? Like, saying, oh, he, shouldn't, he stinks, he should be gone, we, he, we didn't deserve 
anything. Get out of here. This is the best player on offense we've had the last three years. He's the only good player we've had on offense the last three years, really. I agree with you, Adam. And I think the basis of accusations against Allen Robinson are completely ridiculous. But this is what's going on right now. There are people tweeting at Allen Robinson because Allen Robinson is in a contract dispute right now with the Chicago Bears. He wants an extension. He hasn't gotten the extension offered to him that he wants yet. So like any player, he's upset because he's not getting the money that he thinks he deserves. But now Bears fans are going out and tweeting at Allen Robinson, who had only 33 yards in his last game. And they're saying, you only had 33 yards. You don't deserve the extension. And there's a bunch of tweets out there right now that say, Allen Robinson, you said the contract wasn't going to affect your play. Obviously, it has. You might not be playing as hard because your contract isn't what you wanted, so you're not going to play as hard. It's, it's just ridiculous. If you watch the tape, Allen Robinson obviously played pretty well. There were some balls that Allen Robinson could have had that Mitch Trubisky missed him on, like Mitch Trubisky misses him on a, a, a decent amount of times because Mitch Trubisky isn't the top-tier quarterback that everybody well, not that everybody thought. Everybody knows that Mr. Bisky's not a top-tier quarterback. I'm not sure where I was going with that. But looking at that, Allen Robinson's a very good player still, and I agree with you, Adam. He's a top-tier player on offense on that team. Yeah. Um, let's just talk about what Allen Robinson's liked on Twitter lately because <laughs> it's scary to me. I mean, this is this troll derp person, dork person on Twitter who's just calling him, a week, he's saying he's saying you're you're simping for a wide receiver two on most good teams, and then Allen Robinson liked that tweet. I'm sure he's just getting that receipt. Yeah, Allen Robinson liked another tweet saying, "Nice, one of your three catches. One of them Bears are 22 and 12 since he's been on us, our team." Another photo of him making a ridiculous catch of that against the Giants. He's liking to he's liking tweets that are calling him out. He's liking tweets that are talking about how great he is. Bears fans, stop. Delete your Twitter. Please, delete it now. You don't, you don't deserve it if you're just going to make the best player on our offense hate us. So let's dive this guy into— does so, uh, Sorry. This guy does so much for our community, not even on the field, but he's a great player. He does so much for the community. He deserves this money. He should have got—he deserved this extension three months ago, four months, five months, six months ago. Just, you name it, he deserved it then. It's upsetting. Let's dive a little bit more into the Chicago Bears. And I agree with you, Adam. Allen Robinson deserves an extension. He's the best player on that offense. He's Mitchell Trubisky's go-to target. He'll be any quarterback who's thrown in that offense's go-to target because he's a fantastic receiver. You look at some of the plays he's made recently, and he's the guy there. Let's talk about the Bears, though. 2-0 and against some teams that otherwise looked pretty bad in their other games. You look at the Detroit Lions, got absolutely crushed by the Green Bay Packers, and then the New York Giants, who... Couldn't get anything going against the Steelers, but those are the two teams that the Chicago Bears beat in their first two games. So after the first, I'm looking at the first six games of the season in total right now. So the next four games for the Bears, this is who they go up against. They go up against Atlanta, Indianapolis, Tampa Bay, and the Carolina Panthers. Those are all pretty decent teams, but nobody too insane right there. After those games, there's a lot of, games that I could definitely see the Bears losing. I could see them losing almost every other game on their schedule, except for maybe the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings don't look very good right now. Other than that, the Bears' schedule really tightens up at the end of the year here. They have to play the Texans. They play the Packers twice. They play the Rams. So these next four games are going to be crucial 
for the Chicago Bears if they want to make the playoffs. And I saw a stat the other day with seven teams in the playoffs. Somebody did a calculation checking out how 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 highly we should value the Bears 2-0 start. It said they have now about a two-thirds chance of making the playoffs since the NFL expanded it to seven teams in the playoffs. So the Chicago Bears have a chance. In these next four games, though, that's really going to tell us where their season's at. Is They need to go at least 2-2, two and two, I think, if they want a chance at all. And they do play some pretty good teams in that stretch. It's a tough it's, it's tough to predict, honestly, with a team that's been kind of inconsistent this year. But I don't know. But to me, I just don't think, yeah, I don't know. They've got to get better. Defense can't just not. Take, defense can't take naps late in games or early in games. Yeah, that's 100% true. And let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons a little bit. Scored a combined 64 points. And now they go against the Salad Bears defense next week. But what they did last week was just absolutely. Hilarious. It was kind of hilarious. It was Sorry. kind of brutal. Dallas Cowboys beat them in what wound up being a thriller, basically, is what it was. I know, our, I know, I know, friend and uh, good friend and uh, st- fellow uh, KCOU or Lucas will be not be very happy with this, but I'm sorry, this isn't the first time they've blown a 20 or more point lead in Texas. <laughs> yeah, they were referring to the Super Bowl and they <laughs> sorry, lost to the guys, Patriots. I had to do it, and also, like, oh my lord, that's inexcusable. I don't care if you're home or away, and there were fans there I think I couldn't tell I, it's just an inexcusable thing, loss if you're up by 20 there's no reason you should lose a game yeah absolutely and they didn't turn the ball over either yeah it's like the, I believe that's the first time in NFL history that a team was up by tw- like three possessions or up by 20 that the, a team has ever lost doing that I'm pretty sure it was like four I gotta look just to double check uh they're the first team since 1933 to lose a game despite scoring 39 points and having zero turnovers. Up until Sunday, teams like that had been 440 and nothing. Wow. That, that's crazy. Does Dan... Okay, I talked about this. I might be crazy here, but does Dan Quinn survive that? Yes, he if, does. Okay, okay, if they don't do well this season. If they don't do well this season, I think that... that brings up a whole different conversation. I don't think you point to that Cowboys loss individually and say Dan Quinn. Maybe. Maybe. Look at this Falcons team, though. Their offense is so good. Their defense has just been brutal so far this year, and that's really cost them in their first two games. It's the reason they're 0-2 right now. Matt Ryan throwing to Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones looks fantastic. Todd Gurley's running pretty well. It's just every other part of that team has just not been there yet. And that's that's costing them a lot. Speaking of teams that the Falcons blue leads to, let's go to the New England Patriots. They're kind of fun to watch now. You never thought a Bill Belichick team would be fun to watch. Uh, they were kind of fun with Tom Brady, but or you know, likable or likable. And now Cam Newton's doing that. He's making them likable because he looks like an absolute stud in New England, and he's had a huge game uh, last night, uh, and he's had huge games overall this year in his first two games. He's playing really well right now. You know, that's him getting stuffed at the one-yard line just really makes Pete Carroll happy because it <laughs> means, he, hey, now I now you I know why I didn't run the ball at the one-yard yep. line. Aha. Just kidding. Sorry, Seahawks fans. Didn't mean to do that to you, but I also did. So, ha-ha. There you go. But, yeah, I don't 
I don't think I I don't think I really dislike the Patriots. I just think it was a certain players on that team. <laughs> I love Cam Newton. Cer- I think certain awesome. ones that uh, might be elsewhere now on other certain teams. Certain ones that might be having really annoying puns involving the city they play in. Uh, let, let's talk about another player completely unrelated to who we're talking about right now. Somebody who has a pun related to his name and used to be a guy on the New England Patriots. I, I don't think it's the same guy you're talking about, Adam. Tom Brady. Uh, he, he's likable, right? Never a lot of, of people like him. Oh, never heard okay. of him. I heard Timberlands like it. Timberland boots <laughs> like him. Or... So Tom Brady, uh, this is the question I'm having. Tom Brady right now, lots of weapons on that Tampa Bay offense. Tom Brady doesn't look fantastic. Is he aging? Was it Bill Belichick? If you look at Tom Brady's total QBR, which is basically quarterback rating adjusted for schedule and strength of schedule and garbage time points and and what's actually going on in the game. Tom Brady ranks 27th right now in the league in total QBR. That's not very good at all. He's way down there right now. My question is for you, Adam, does this point to a larger trend? Because I think it just might that Tom Brady might be a little aging and now he's out of Bill Belichick's system. I don't know if he's a top tier quarterback anymore. This was a discussion that was going on in the offseason. Is he there yet? And I think we might have reached that point where Tom Brady's past what a top tier quarterback is. Oh, I think so. I, I've always, I've always honestly thought that it's a system there. And I'm not going to deny that Tom Brady was a great quarterback there, but I do think he's partially a product of a system there. We saw a team with like Matt Castle go ten and six there. We yep. saw them he yep. take that team to ten and six. Seriously. Yeah, I know what you're and saying. People are going to talk about how Jimmy Garoppolo is good for the Niners. Like, I mean, yeah, they went to the Super Bowl last year, but he was kind of just a glorified, like, baton passer <laughs> throughout the playoffs. And then when he needed to be big, he needed to do good, he overshot his receiver. I'm not saying that he's a bad quarterback, but I'm just saying, who knows? I think that system in New England works a lot. I, I don't know if it's Cam Newton. This I don't know if it's a system for Newton, but Newton's different. doesn't fit what that system used to be. I don't know. And Bill Belichick's completely changed the system around Newton, and it's working now for Cam as well. I mean, we've seen him run the ball in that zone multiple times now this year. He's looking like a really, really good quarterback. So the last thing we're going to hit on before we go, and we're going to move really quickly through this because we have to sign off here in just one second. There were a ton of injuries this week, Adam. We were counting them up, and it's just insane how many guys got injured this week. You have Drew Locke, Garoppolo, Tyrod Taylor, Raheem Mostert, Brandon Sheriff, Christian McCaffrey, sorry fantasy owners, Devonta Adams, Brashard Perriman, Sterling Shepard, Paris Campbell, who's out indefinitely, Cam Akers, Byron Jones, Tevin Coleman, Brandon Linder, Will Fuller. And then this is the next few names. I'm going to tell you this. We've got Saquon Barkley, Nick Bosa, Cortland Sutton, Bruce Irvin, Tavon Young, and I believe Solomon Thomas. All of them have torn ACLs. All of them. I, I believe Solomon Thomas is not confirmed, but it's believed to be. Uh, then you have Malik Hooker and Anthony Barr, who are also out for the season. And then these next guys, a lot of them were previous before the season started, before uh, before like this week, but C.J. Ozama, who actually who got her Thursday. Yep. But then you have Marlon Mack, you have Blake Jarwin, Vaughn Miller, Derwin James, Tyrell Williams, Brandon Brooks, Grant Delpit, Zach Banner, and Andre Diller, and there's tons more names that are hurt. Yeah, and now Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert, both running backs for the San Francisco 49ers, are going to be out for what looks like significant periods as well. Ton of injuries this week. That was the story in the NFL. Hoping those guys recover well, are okay, and it's going to give some other younger guys some opportunities in some systems as well. 
Wish we could dive into that a little bit more, but we have to sign off here actually on the Analytics Association on KCOU 88.1 FM. Too bad Adam's helium didn't work. I was really looking forward to him having a high squeaky voice sounding like Alvin and the Chipmunks, but Hello. I guess not. There we go. There it is. That sounded more like Mickey Mouse, though. <laughs> All right. Well, Mickey Mouse. Okay. I'm that, sorry. That's going to be in my nightmares tonight. That's going to do it for us here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Jack McGrath across from six feet across from Adam Rosen. And thanks for listening.